horror fan, best friends and ghoulish nights, and welcome to the 13th episode of Murders with Mertens. I am your host, Joe, and this is a podcast about horror, monster movies, cosmic horror, body horror, the horror adjacent, thrillers, the supernatural, the psychologically terrifying, scary films in general. Each episode, I sit down with a guest to discuss one of their favorite scary films so that we can gush about everything that makes it just so damn cool. Viewers, thank you for your support. Uh, don't forget to like, share, and subscribe if you are so inclined. It all helps to get the word out and bring some much-needed love to this fledgling podcast. So let's not waste any time in diving in things and introducing my guest, Too Feist, Too Furious himself, Mr. Andrew Feisner. How the hell are you? I'm doing well, Joe. How about you? Doing all right. Doing all right. Uh, Sunday off, so that's always exciting. Uh, yeah. 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 But, uh, you know, good to finally talk face to face, so to speak. Uh, Andrew, who are you? Uh, just some guy that always has to travel. Um, not sure what else to say. Just kind of been a. I watch movies a lot, and scary movies have been something recent for me. Like, I think the first one that I really remember watching uh, that I really liked was It Follows back when that came out. Because a friend recommended it, and then I watched. Um, see, so yeah, I watched Scream last year. I watched all those. I really like those. They're uh, a ton of fun. Watched, yeah, they're a lot of fun. I, I was surprised at how much I enjoyed them. And I watched this one, uh, the movie we're talking about today, A Quiet Place, when it first came out. Because I was like, "There's something interesting about this. Like how scary it is that you have to shut up." <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um... <laughs> Yeah, well, absolutely. Today's topic is uh, 2018's A Quiet Place, directed by John Krasinski and written by Brian Woods, Scott Beck, and uh, a little bit of script work himself from Krasinski. Uh, so this is one of your favorites. Uh, yeah, uh, you mentioned uh, you saw it when it first came out. Uh, what was your experience like? Uh well, I'm sure it was something common for everybody else, but it's just like this very communal experience of like it's understood that you have to be quiet to fully enjoy watching this movie. Because if you're not paying attention and the atmosphere isn't right, then it just doesn't work in the slightest. Yeah, this is not the film to bring a screaming baby to or to, uh, you know, be uh, forgetting to uh, turn off your cell phone or something like that. This is. Uh... For sure. Uh, yeah, that was my experience as well. Uh, one of the best in theater experiences that I've been through. Um, it's just the tension, even though there were probably only maybe 10 to 15 people in the theater because it was a matinee. Uh, mm -hmm. You just you could feel everybody just. Just Tense. tightening up and you'd hear people desperately trying to reach for a piece of popcorn and try not to chew it very loudly. And yeah, everybody mm -hmm. was making an effort and you could feel it for sure. Uh, it was intense. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I, this is one of those films where I, I kind of wish the marketing and, you know, trailers and everything just hadn't really existed because it would have been a lot more fun to jump into without that. But uh, even still, um i don't think it'll change the experience yeah oh for sure um but i still don't think we really knew exactly what we were in for uh until actually sitting in the theater and seeing this thing 
I think seeing this just on your own uh, at home is just maybe does it a little bit of a disservice. Um, yeah. It, it, like you said, the communal experience is a really big thing. With this film. Yeah. And I'm grateful that Kaczynski delayed a part two out of the pandemic. So he's like, Hey, this is not coming to streaming. This is going to be something where everyone's back in theaters and we are going to have this thing together because mm -hmm. we need it right now. Yeah. yeah. And I appreciate that he pushed that as well. I know there were a lot of people that did uh, with their films, you know, some of it for mostly for monetary reasons, of course. Um, but, uh, uh oh, I think we lost you there. Uh, um, all right. But, uh, yeah, sometimes back. it was, you know, very much for artistic reasons and for, like you said, the experience. So this, uh, the, the sequel was one of my first films back in the theater uh, because it was originally supposed to come out the week of my birthday, right as the world was going to shit and, uh, you know, got punted and yeah. then punted indefinitely. But uh, yeah, yeah, uh, we're here to talk about the original uh, that starts off on day 89 of the post-apocalypse. And... <sighs> You know, right away it's it's very quiet shots of the downtown mostly a small lots of weeds everywhere where there shouldn't be you know you get a few uh traffic lights that are ripped down a little bit of uh you know the subtle hints that somebody's seen some shit here and we and there's like no cars any like well there's cars on the street but they're completely undisturbed there's, mm -hmm, there's yeah. no signs of like someone's been ruffling through them or anything it's just yep they're there exactly and there's nothing to touch them yep and then we start getting these shots of the inside of uh it it's either a straight up pharmacy or it's a grocery store with a pharmacy in it but i guess that doesn't really matter but uh, it's a very small town thing to have is where it's like it's a pharmacy but then you also have just a small bit of a store with mm -hmm. it and i really like that that's that they made it like this is very much a small town there's oh, yeah. not tons of people around yep. it's a very rural farming community pretty much and you see the shelves are mostly picked clean uh and there's like leaves and other detritus everywhere all over the place and there's a reason for that because, uh, mm -hmm. you know, not too much in the way of future spoilers here, but they leave all the doors of every place they have to venture into open all the time because <laughs> the act of opening a door is going to make some noise. So you're going to get a constant stream of, you know, just weather and animals and everything else going through a place because of that. And this, yeah. this shows up again later in a different location, but I I, I love that little touch. It's a uh, great environmental mm -hmm. storytelling. Um, you get a barefoot. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah. Go ahead. Oh, I was just gonna say that's like, sure, you could open and close the door quietly, but you don't know about the next time that you open it that it can make a noise, and it's that like we just want to completely cut that possibility out altogether. Mm -hmm. It's just, it's open all the time. Everybody has this, like, on, it's an unwritten rule, I guess, among everybody. Like, it's open. It's full yep. stop. Yep. Uh, I, I love that. 
and uh, then we get this barefoot child scampering through the frame. It's Bo, the the youngest child of this family. And mm-hmm. uh, then we get uh, Reagan, the teenage daughter. She's stepping uh, a little bit more carefully through the space. Uh, she's a little bit up on tiptoe here and there. Uh, she she knows better. She's she's older. Um, and then we're introduced to the mother, uh, Evelyn, as she's sorting through these uh, prescription bottles looking for antibiotics. Uh, and then we see Marcus, the middle child. He's sitting on the floor. He's clearly unwell. Um, <laughs> he's he's not in good shape. Um, but uh, I, I I love the just little introductions to each character here. We, we are. It's placing very... how they see it, like their mentality yeah. of like Bo is very much a four year old who is okay. just kind of doesn't really quite get it like he knows that he's supposed to be quiet but it's not like completely all there mm-hmm. and then uh reagan is like okay yep i gotta make sure that i gotta help be quiet and mm-hmm. you know everybody else is oh, very yeah. much like understanding of it and as the oldest i'm sure she has a certain amount of uh, responsibility that's you know foisted upon her um totally makes sense right um and yeah. we get um Evelyn giving Marcus some of the medication. Uh, she signs to Reagan that he's okay. So Reagan goes to check on Bo, who's drawing on the floor. Uh, and it's this great little moment where Bo's telling his sister, hey, I'm drawing a rocket. This is how we're going to escape. This is how we're going to get And it's satisfying. As if NASA is going to be working on a rocket yeah. right now. Yeah, exactly. But it's it's so sad because it's like this is a child, you know, this is what he has to think about. It's horrible. Mm-hmm. Uh, if I didn't say it already, this film is absolutely heartbreaking all the way yes. through. It's and uh, it's like very much like it's a scary movie. Obviously, is what we're talking about here. But it's also like very much about a family drama and the kind of rift that comes between them as we're because of something that we're going to talk about here in just a moment. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. That's uh, yeah. Ah, <laughs> oh, God, I love this movie. Uh, and then uh, Bo just kind of scampers off, and uh, they—you see him just almost immediately. He's on top of something precariously, kind of reaching for something on an upper shelf. And yeah, I again really wish that uh, we didn't have so much marketing previews and everything else for this film. Because at this point, we, we're already just on pins and needles about anybody making any sound because we know that bad mm-hmm. shit's going to happen if somebody does. And, mm-hmm. um, well, he nearly drops this toy rocket, or it's a space shuttle, uh, actually. But uh, Reagan, yeah. she quickly slides in and catches the toy before it hits the floor, and she's breathing heavily. So we know how serious all this stuff is because of all these wonderful context clues and uh, all this environmental storytelling, it's great. And we see her look off towards the end of the aisle, and it's her father, uh, out of focus, but he's there staring at them. Uh, Bo runs off to go see his dad, and he just tells him, go find your mother. You know, it, it's very much one of those, you know, I'm not mad, I'm just disappointed type things. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, maybe not so much, but you know, he, he's obviously not going to, um, rail on his kid in a world where, um, 
you know, uh, that's going to get or you say killed. anything. Exactly. Yeah, because it like it's all within his face too. Like, mm-hmm. obviously, we know John Krasinski is the like he's the face reaction guy, but like he just says so much yeah. with no words he emotes and without like signing crazy. it either. Crazy. Yes. Um, it, yeah, the cast is phenomenal in this thing. Uh, they, they, mm-hmm. I don't know that they could have done better. Uh, so mm-hmm. yes, uh, Reagan catches up with her dad. He shows her some of the cool stuff that, you know, he was able to scrounge, uh, you know, for working with the radio, you know, they're trying to call for help or at least to, you know, find other people that are out there and he shows her the cool Leatherman that he got for her. Um, it's this very great little bonding thing between them and it just makes the rest of the film that much more heartbreaking um because evelyn and uh, marcus come back up and then everybody looks back in horror as Bo starts walking back towards them you just see him from behind and their reactions and it's because he has this toy that's going to kill them all um I love how, you know, Krasinski does his, you know, very much thing that he does throughout the rest of the film over and over. Uh, But, uh, you know, just very carefully, very, very carefully. um, Takes a rocket and just like slowly reaches in, pulls the batteries out. Like it's a live grenade. Because it is. (laughs) Yeah. Yep, and uh, he sets that stuff down, and he signs to Bo that it's too loud. That's all he tells him, and they just head out. Too loud. Um, yep, and as he and uh, Marcus and Evelyn step outside, you see the newspaper flapping in the wind with the headline, It's sound! Um, so that's something that I find a little funny. You know, when did people have the time to get these papers printed and placed in the box? I mean, future spoilers, but everything that happened in this town happened so damned fast. Yeah, uh, and you can, yeah, and the like, you see in the basement, there's papers that say Mexico hit by asteroid. There's been a nuke that's gone off there. And then you mm-hmm. see like other countries. He see that he's ri- that he's striking them off his list, and it's just like yep. clear that this has happened everywhere, not just here in America. Oh yeah, but it's that you know. It, kind of trope that uh, happens in, you know, post-apocalyptic dramas. You get all the old newspapers that basically tell you about what happened so that the characters don't have to do the exposition and all that heavy lifting. It's, mm-hmm. you know, environmental storytelling, but, you know, maybe a little bit of lazy environmental st- storytelling at a certain point too, you know. But, but it also uh, makes sense within the world itself instead of just yes. being like, it, like him just taking her aside, you know, just like, you know exactly why. It's because all this stuff and da 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 da, and it's mm-hmm. like that saves all the from learning all the sign language. Obviously, he didn't learn all of it. You know, working with uh, Millicent, the actress behind Reagan. Mm-hmm. But you know, he like it's very much like you can excuse it because of the world that they set up already. Yeah, yeah. It's um, you know, it, it doesn't bother me too much. It's just one of those things. Like, okay, this the timing just doesn't work. But, uh, but, um, Reagan, uh, back in the store, she waits until the coast is clear and then she gives Bo the toy and, you know, just motions for him to be quiet about it. And she's probably thinking to herself, 
A, we took the batteries out. I, I don't see the harm in all this. Uh, mm-hmm. But of course, as soon as her back is turned, he snatches the batteries right off the counter. Now, if I were her, I would have taken the batteries myself because God knows there's probably something we could use these for. I mean, we're survivalists at this point, right? We're scavengers. Right. But uh, yeah, it's it's perfect for the plot at this point. Um, mm-hmm. And, and so, it's just like, yeah. as a family, you would think that like mom in front, dad at the back, and then like, you know, the kids in between to keep an eye on everybody. You would think that's what they would do, but I guess when it's been like, three months, you know, that, like, they're starting to feel like, okay, maybe they finally get, this is the pattern that we have to, mm-hmm. like, you know, we have to be quiet. You would think that they would get that, but yeah, they're children, they, so you they think wouldn't. they've think uh, they've hit their stride, and, uh, yeah, it's old hat, but, oof, no. Uh, nope. So, um, they're walking home, single file, on this trail of sand uh, to lighten their footsteps, uh, with Lee carrying Marcus. Um, I, I love the sand trail. Um, mm-hmm. I, I can only imagine how long it would have taken to actually make that happen. Well, probably mm-hmm. a good 90 days, um, but, uh, yeah. <laughs> or somewhere thereabouts, but at least, but, uh, yeah, that's very time consuming. And we see him keeping up with it later on in the film, but, uh, mm-hmm. and, and in case it wasn't a hundred percent clear before, uh, we get in this moment that yes, Reagan is deaf. Um, I, I don't think we're able to see her uh, cochlear implant uh, or the hearing aid or anything until much later like on. Later, yeah. yeah. But um, but it tells uh, us what the sound design. Yes, yes, which I love uh, how the audio cuts out when it's obviously her perspective. Uh, mm-hmm. And you know, it's very not- muffled. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, you get just this little bit of a drone, and that's it. Um, so then all of a sudden the toy goes off, and everybody stops, and we cut back to Reagan looking at her horrified parents, and just not understanding what's going on until she looks back herself. Uh, Lee drops Marcus, sprints to Bo, while the rest watch in horror. He looks to the right and he sees one of the creatures coming through the woods and it's just, there's no way. There's just no way he doesn't make it. His son is toast and we get the title card. Um, It's very quick too. Like you don't exactly get the creature's final thing, but you get just mm-hmm. enough a glimpse of it of like, oh, this thing is terrifying and it will mess you up. Yep. Um, yeah, because that kid is gone like that. Um, All and, the violence uh, is pretty much implied, too. So it's like, yeah. you don't need to see it happen, but you yeah. know. We don't get more graphic stuff until much later. Um, and yeah. so I just found this out today, that uh, John Krasinski did the motion capture capture for the creatures. Mm-hmm. That's, that's, that's funny crazy. as hell. <laughs> um, but uh, now we move on to day 472. So basically about a year later. Um, yeah. And Reagan with a sweet new haircut is just laying there in the sand, getting a little bit of sun. And she wakes up with a bit of a start, probably dreaming about everything that happened about a year ago. And, uh, you know, joins her mother with gathering some veggies and stuff from the garden. And you get the sense almost immediately that they're all surviving. They're, they're all 
doing okay, but they are all just broken, you know? Just yeah. the, the way that her mom touches her as they're walking away, you, you can tell. It's um, been a very grieving, hard year for them. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, so we have them walk away, and we cut to them walking along, but on a video monitor as Lee is puttering around in his workshop in the basement of the house. And you got the whiteboards with the notes about the creatures and survival and just, you know, what he knows. And um, the newspapers uh, everywhere. Yes. All the headlines. And he's got his notes and everything else. You see very, very clearly on the whiteboard that he knows for sure. There are three that are hanging out in the area that are always around. And yeah, he's, basically working down a list of uh, shortwave radio channels and sending out SOS, but, you know, not hearing anything back. Uh, mm-hmm. And Marcus is outside in the truck, kind of pretending to drive, and sees his dad just kind of standing there looking at him, and he hops out, and he gets sent in uh, into the barn. And um, Did you notice the window is down on the truck? Yes, yes. Um, so they don't have again, to open and close it. Yeah. Yeah. Once again, everything is open all the time. Uh, just God, everything, everything. There's so much attention to detail in this film. That's why I kind of feel the need to go over a lot of detail as we're going yeah. through this. I think it's kind of necessary. Um, yeah. Just to understand, like there is a lot of thought put behind everything in this movie mm-hmm. and all the just, yes, it's crazy. All, everything is intentional. Uh, so yeah. yeah, Marcus goes into the barn and you see him walk down into this, uh, basically basement area and it's very clear. Okay. This is actually their home now. And, uh, you see him pass by his mother and Evelyn is, um, clearly pregnant. She's hanging up a mobile for the, the new baby that's on the way. Um, mm-hmm. And then we go back to Lee and he's on top of their grain silo and the sun's going down. He's just kind of lost in thought as he's looking through this box of photos and mementos from his son uh, back to Evelyn. She's prepping this oxygen tank and she's got a soundproof box. It's, it's very clear. Their plan is when the baby is crying, stick him in the box. And yep. Oof. It's that is like- terrifying. Shout out to them for being able to conceive a child in an entire year where they have to be quiet. Mm-hmm. I'm sure they went to the waterfall or something to be like, okay, we need our time alone here. Yes, that might be another reason why the uh, basement workshop is off limits. Um, just, just saying. <laughs> Keep away from the kids. <laughs> Who, knows? Who knows? Yeah. Um, so, yeah, uh, he's going through the mementos. Uh, Evelyn, she's prepping the stuff. The kids are helping with the soundproofing. You know, everybody's got a little job. Uh, so Lee then lights a fire on top of the silo and looks out as other signal fires start uh, lighting up around the countryside. Uh, it's not exactly a return of the king moment, but, you know, it, it's nice. It lets you know that, yes, there are other people out there. Uh, yep. There are other survivors. You are not alone. It's clear this is something that they do every day, just as a reminder that, yeah, yeah, we're all here. We're all getting by. Mm-hmm. Um, God. And we're in the, uh, yeah, in, in the, a- in the age of COVID. Uh, wow. Does that hit home just a yeah. little bit more too? 
Holy crap. Um, so yes, there's other survivors. Uh, and then Evelyn is getting dinner ready. And I love the movements of getting everything together, how everything's very slow and very intentional and just fluid movements because you don't want to make a lot of sound with dishes or pots or anything. You know, they've got all these fish that have been roasting in this, uh, you know, sort of oven that they have built into the floor. Um, they use like leaves for plates and stuff yeah, like that. Yeah, I love that. Uh, so she motions for Reagan, who's sitting at the table, to, you know, go get your dad, essentially. You know, y you can tell what it is without them actually saying anything to each other because they don't. And you can see that, yeah, she doesn't want to have to go talk to him in any way. Uh, but she presses and she goes does it then um yeah so it's very clear that you know she doesn't want anything to do with him she's either afraid of him or mad at him or we we you know get more context later but uh but ultimately yeah, there's she, the rift. yes the big big time and he's there in the bathroom washing his face i love how there's the towel laid out so that the water droplets don't make sound uh dropping back mm -hmm. into the sink uh yep and he's clearly, you know, had an evening already just with his thoughts and everything. And then she's standing there in the doorway and motions for him for dinner. And, um, yeah. Uh, and like you said, the little touches of how they're going to keep it all quiet, the, the leaves for the plates, uh, how it's they're not eating anything that will require um you know any flattery or anything yeah. like that yeah yeah um yeah and yeah they they say yeah. their little prayer um they all join hands and the the chemistry between um emily blunt and john krasinski is freaking great because you know of course they're married, they're married. uh yeah. and once again just you know more spouses should play spouses in films because it's kind yeah. of wonderful um it helps but, make you believe in the, their like yeah. relationship. Oh God, yeah. Her little uh, movement of her thumb on his hand as they're holding hands there—it's—it's it's all very touching. It all just—it plays so well. Uh, and mm -hmm. then post dinner, the kids are playing a very silenced game of Monopoly, where you know all the hotels and the houses are all like felt, and they roll. They still use dice because. You know, they got to be able to roll and roll well, but they always roll yeah. them onto fabric. The carpet, yeah. Yep. And unfortunately, one of them knocks over a lantern and makes a big noise, and there's fire and everything else, and Lee hops up and smothers it very quickly. But of course, everybody's just cowering in fear, and they're hoping that the noise didn't attract the creatures. Mm -hmm. Like, of all the games you'd think they would play, I wouldn't choose Monopoly. Because that's a relationship-destroying game right there, and they don't need that right now. No, they don't. Um, they got cards. They could probably play cards of some kind, like Whist or something like that, you know, but... Oh, well. Monopoly yeah, it is, I guess. Yeah, Monopoly it is. It's, like you said, the relationship-destroyer. Also, two-person Monopoly. Um, just... Not fun. No, you really need more people. But, you know, when it's just the two of you as siblings, sometimes you do play two people Monopoly because it's all you got. That's all you got. Yeah. Yep. Um, so they're all frozen in fear and they hear a little bit of banging. 
but it's just a couple of raccoons falling off the barn and mm-hmm. you know they kind of trundle off and everybody you know breathes their sigh of relief and marcus who looks like he just shit himself whispers that he's sorry um and and i love the little touch throughout this film that they're not always completely silent sometimes they do whisper just a little bit you can just barely catch what they're saying just but, enough um, that's not a danger to them or anything else exactly yeah. they they're very aware of their surroundings when they do it um so uh then they cut to the uh trash pandas just moseying away along one of the sand paths and one of them gets popped by the creature um and, and that, it's real sudden and it's just yeah yep and there is definitely some viscera flying through the air when it happens mm-hmm. too that uh it's one of the more graphic bits for sure um when a little bit later when we see lee uh kind of repairing the, the sand path I, I wonder if that's the spot and he's trying to cover up the gore um, so they don't step on it and make a noise like some kind of squishing maybe you know perhaps perhaps maybe just so that his family isn't unsettled by what they find i i don't know but the look on yeah. his face when he's dumping out the sand in that bit kind of suggests to me at least that you know there there's something more than just kind of fixing the path and but, he's always uh, got that pack on his backpack too like, I don't know if you notice it, but he always has the sand with him. So I, I assume yeah. that's something for like, oh, just in case I see a spot that needs more, I'm going to take this with me. Yeah. And that kind of makes sense. But God, that's got to weigh a lot. Because uh, yeah. usually, you know, like a pack of play sand or something like that is like a good 50, 60 pounds. So, yeah. Yeah, that's a lot. Um, He's hoping to find a spot to fix. <laughs> Yes, just so he has less to carry home. Um, So uh, still that night, Lee is over in his workshop and he's working on a new hearing aid for Reagan. And Evelyn comes down to visit and hugs him from behind. Uh, Again, just, you know, the off the rails chemistry. It's all so believable. Love it. It's very tender and sweet. And it's Mm -hmm. not like it's not like a sudden like oh guess who it is you know it's just a very slow just kind of mm-hmm. very tender thing yeah, and yeah they just kind of melt into each other and then she makes him stand up to dance because she's got some earbuds in and they dance to some neil young and the music when it comes in is like really shocking because mm-hmm. up until this point we haven't even gotten much of a score really just a little bit as they were prepping dinner um, it's all very subtle when you mm-hmm. like when you do hear it you're like okay i think there's some score here right now but then when they bring in the music from the airpod uh, or your ipod mm-hmm. you know i don't know how they kept it charged but i mean good on them well it's they do just, have electricity so yeah it's uh it's only a year out and there's probably some power pants uh, power plants that uh you know if they're on hydro or nuclear mm. in the area which i know are kind of few and far between in america but uh but if they did happen to have something nearby they would still you know have something because if they yeah. were running a generator those things would trash that generator in a heartbeat yeah and they always have lights going at night and i think mm-hmm. that they always follow the path that they have the sand set out for Sorry, they see where they're. I, I assume sorry, they can see where they're going if they have to leave at night, which is a very smart thing to do. Yeah, yeah, because it's uh, very, very brightly colored. It's uh, definitely like play sand. Um, so yeah, that, that, 
all makes sense. Again, the wonderful environmental storytelling. It's great. Yeah. So we cut to the next day. It's day 473. And uh, Lee's working on uh, fixing the trail. And Evelyn's taking her blood pressure and listening to the baby with a stethoscope. You see on the calendar, it is October. And they're basically a couple of weeks away from the due date. Mm-hmm. Um. It's, a, it's just like you don't expect anything to come of it. You're like, okay, they'll be fine. It, like you just like kind of have like an ease, like okay, we don't have to worry about the baby, like in this movie at all. At least that's what you think you're supposed to think. <laughs> I yeah, I don't know if that put me at ease or just made me even more nervous, thinking there is something that is going to cause this to be the ultimate shitstorm for them. But uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Reagan then we cut to her and she's approaching the house and very, very gingerly climbing the front steps so as to, you know, not make them creak or anything. And then you and they see... have all the paint. Yes, yep. yes. I was just about to exactly say exactly where see... to step because you know that it won't creak on these places. Yes. And you know when you were a kid and you were trying to move through the house either late at night or early in the morning or whatever, uh, you always knew all the places to step because they were the ones mm-hmm. that didn't make the floor creak. So that all hits home really nicely. And I love how they're basically spaced apart more for adults. And she yep. is a very young teenager. She is not very tall. And you can see she has a very hard time making it from step to step. Um, she's very precarious about it. Mm-hmm. And she's about to go down the stairs after standing there for a little bit of time. We get a fun little jump scare as Lee grabs her and stops her going um yeah i I don't mind jump scares and they work well in this film for sure uh so outside they're on the path and they're arguing um you know he doesn't want her to go down there because you know partially because he's worried about you know any noise that she may cause but also just because of all the shit about their situation that's plastered everywhere and he doesn't want her to be exposed to that any more than she has to um i i think also maybe just a little bit that it's his private space you know Mm -hmm. and you know maybe he doesn't want to admit it but he probably does feel a little bit of resentment to her over Bo. um i mean he does i mean later on he doesn't say that he does he's just like hey i don't blame her at all but you know she probably thinks that but he doesn't so it's just like he has he's trying his best like to work down there and yeah and and let's be fair the kind of situation that they're in these are very complex emotions and Mm -hmm. yeah so they have their argument and he changes the subject by pulling out this hearing aid that he had been and ooh, she's not having it uh Mm -hmm. They never work. They don't work. And she's just so insistent. And he's like, well, keep trying. Let's just, uh, I tried it with some stereo parts. Let's see if this will work. And he's like, like, very, no, it never works. And then he reaches out and she bats his hand away. And he actually gets a little aggressive with it here too. It's, but man, she, she's, she stops that shit. She's like, Mm -hmm. no, stop and he's it's it's from my from what i'm seeing is like she's like he is trying 
to connect and he's like trying to reassure her and stuff like he wants to connect with her mm-hmm. and she doesn't allow it she doesn't want to accept yeah. it part of it is her grief part of it is her you know blaming herself a little bit part of it's her just being a teenager it's mm-hmm. but yeah yeah she the the defiant teenager thing finally wins out and mm-hmm. he's just crestfallen and you know he he hands her the hearing aid folds her hand over it, just kind of touches her arm briefly and just walks off. And mm-hmm. yeah. it's, it's a super heartbreaking scene. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then we immediately cut from this interaction to Evelyn and Marcus. And it's like the most like comforting, warm interaction ever of mm-hmm. her teaching him lawn division. Yeah. <laughs> and and they have their little talk about, you know, how ultimately, well, ultimately they see Lee uh, downstairs and he's like, hey, it's time to go. And Marcus doesn't want to go, whatever it is they're yeah. about to do. And she's like, hey, he just wants you to learn how to do some stuff so that ultimately, you know, you can kind of help take care of us because, you know, we're going to get old at some point. I-, I love how it's not the take care of us when one of us is gone because we're in this horrible situation and one of us is very likely to die. No, it's the, when we get old and we're not able to do stuff. No, mm-hmm. it, it's this, let's frame this in a way that's um, normal. A little, yeah. Normal and easier for a kid to take. Right. Yeah. Um, and she's teaching him stuff. Like it's kind of school. So it's like, she's trying to maintain some kind of normalcy yeah. in their lives, you know? Yep. Because like I, if you eventually because if you're out of school and it's just like, okay, I don't need to do I don't need to learn any stuff. And she's like, no, like it seems like hopeful that life will go back to normal so they can still go back to school and then maybe keep the kids won't be so far behind, maybe. Yeah. Once again, it's really close to home in the age of COVID. But yep. Uh, so they have their little talk and they, you know, she sends him off and he is basically terrified of leaving the farm, probably after what happened to Bo and mm-hmm. just doesn't want to go. And Reagan offers to go. Her dad's like, Nope, you're going to stay with your mother. And she just storms off. She is absolutely on fire at this point. And Lee just signs to Evelyn, you know, next time, next time. Mm-hmm. Um, and she heads to her room to kind of sulk a little bit and she tries out the new hearing aid and clearly does not work. And Uh at this point she's just fighting back tears because, you know, she wasn't going to try it in front of her father, but ultimately I think a little bit for him, she is trying it out and Uh she's like, Nope, fuck it. I'm packing a bag. I'm going to bounce. And we see her pull this thing that's all wrapped up out of a drawer and you can kind of assume what it is, but they don't show you quite yet. She grabs her Leatherman and she heads out and let's see here from here. We cut to the river. Yep. Yeah. And that river is loud. Once again, Mm -hmm. when they introduce sound, man, they smack you in the face with it in this film. Um, It's very sudden. Mm hmm. Um, and they're checking the traps for fish and he he gets one out and he takes it over to Marcus where he's going to have Marcus, you know, basically beat it senseless. And it slips away because Marcus is just terrified of making noise. But Lee explains Uh to him, 
hey, the sound of the water, it's covering everything because it's so loud. You, you make this little sound, it's not going to be louder than all of this. We are fine. Um, mm-hmm. And he's like, just let me show you something. And then we just, we, we cut back to Reagan. She's just leaving the farm. It's just a quick little shot. And then Evelyn is back in the workshop and she's doing the laundry. And obviously they're not using, you know, the washing machines. They're hand washing everything very slowly, very we quiet. see, very yep. methodically. And, you know, they just load it up in bags and take it outside, you know, like you would do on a sprawling farmstead anyways. But, uh, you know, she's going to hang things up to dry. And we see the bag catches on something. And Mm -hmm. the the moment you see that bag pull that nail upright, you just know what's coming. Um, But it's basically setting the stage for things to come. and then we cut back to the waterfall. That's what Lee wanted to show Marcus. And he mm-hmm. tries to help him conquer his fears because when they stand behind all that rushing water, they can scream like crazy and you would never hear it because that water is so. And I like how it's like you hear clearly how he's like hooting and hollering, like when we're close to them with the camera. Mm-hmm. But then when it shifts and we see the water in front of them, when he when uh, Marcus starts hollering, you don't hear it so much, and it's just like very much like, yep. "Hey, he's very he's right." Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then Evelyn, after she's done hanging out the laundry, she goes up to Bo's old room just to you know kind of reminisce and uh, get uh, wound up in her feelings there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And Lee and Marcus, they're you know outside the waterfall. But, you know, uh, an area where they can actually talk to each other. Mm-hmm. And they have this great heart to heart about Reagan. You know, do you blame her for what happened? And, and the look on his face is just like, what? it's like, no. And he's like, because she thinks that you do. You know, it's. And he's like, looks like it's like, why is that even how can that even be a question it's of course you know it's right just right of course not hurts I, yeah and it, i i appreciate that the brother's basically spilling all of this information because you know he loves his sister and he sees her hurting and <laughs> it's uh a good moment for them to be able to connect over all this stuff and ooh, ooh, it's, it's kind of clear that like not everybody's as close to the to Lee as they are to Evelyn pretty much because yeah. like, well he is yeah. Mr. Survival in this scenario and she's the one mm-hmm. that wants to you know provide that normalcy and prepare people for more than just surviving um, yeah it's it's very clear they have very different parenting styles there but uh yeah it's, but it's they're okay. still a it's still a very healthy and happy for the most part oh, marriage yeah. between them which yes. is a great thing to represent in movies because usually it's something is happening with their marriage to cause drama and stuff but mm-hmm. like it's nice to see a movie be like hey this is a happy and healthy marriage and yep. it's okay Yeah. And and while they're having this conversation, this is all playing out over uh, like three different planes of action. Uh, You know, you got Mm -hmm. the waterfall, but you also have Evelyn having a good cry and Reagan uh, leaving the toy shuttle at Bo's memorial. She's got uh, the the wire for the sound clipped, uh, but the lights on it still work. So she's leaving it there. Um, And 
Uh, as Lee and Marcus walk home now with the sun setting, uh, they encounter this old man along the path, and you look down, and you see his wife has clearly been gutted by one of these things. Mm-hmm. And, you know, Lee does that super protective father thing where he pushes his son behind him, and he motions for this dude to be quiet, but the guy screws up his face in his grief, and mm-hmm. he lets out this just death Devastating, scream. yeah. Oh, God. You know, it's just one of those, let's end it, let's end it now, I have nothing left. And Lee just picks up Marcus and just sprints. And you can hear the creature charging as all this is happening. They find a tree to, you know, kind of stop behind and he covers his son's mouth and just motions for him. No, don't. We just, we got to ride this out. And you see that old man get wrecked. It's really hard for Marcus, too, because he's like, I really, really need to scream and let this out. But he knows he can't and Lee mm-hmm. knows he can't. And so he's like stopping him. He's like, please. It's mm-hmm. just. And. Like, it's clear that the old man didn't. I don't think he really wanted to endanger anybody else. And it's just that Lee and Marcus just happened upon him, like right at yeah. that moment. Yeah. And he just he he couldn't anymore he was done mm-hmm. um we cut back to evelyn she's still up in Bo's old room and she stands up to you know leave she takes his a picture of him with her in the picture frame and as she gets up feels a little something takes a few steps and then we get clean up on aisle 13 because evelyn's water breaks yeah uh oof, this is not good so okay. She makes her way down the stairs. She has to stop and rest for a little bit when she makes it to the main floor. But then we see her starting for the basement, and we know what is about to happen. And it's just the design of just the nail entering the foot and immediately drops the picture and is just... And lets out this big gasp. She's tried. She tried so hard to keep, to it, keep in, it in, and she's like, yeah. there is nothing I can do to stop this from coming out. This is one of my very favorite fastener through extremity scenes in really cinema in general. It's a kind of a tie between this and Ready or Not, where uh, the main character where she's in that climbing film, out of the hole. Yep, she's got the oh. gunshot wound through her palm, and she manages to swing her hand right over this bolt that's coming. Yep. Oh. I was just seeing that in theater. I was just like, oh, oh, yep. That's another fun movie, but, uh, and certainly leaning a little bit more towards comedy. Uh, but yeah, that's still a great movie though. Yeah. Oh yeah. Love horror comedies, but yeah, that (laughs) scene. Yeah. That's a whole thing. It was tough. So, uh, she drops down and eventually pulls her foot off of the nail with great effort mm-hmm. and, uh, goes to turn on the, uh, Rock warning lights. Yep, exactly. Um, she probably had been going to throw that light on to begin anyway, with. I think that's yeah. why she was heading down to the basement, but, ooh, 
Yeah. Um, this, other than her pain and the noise that she makes, which will clearly draw one of the creatures, um, which, unfortunately, on the Wikipedia page, they refer to as death angels. I just, I don't want to call them that. I'm sorry. That's kind of a weird name. I mean, they, they call them that on the one of the newspapers, too, but it's just... I miss that, but... Yeah. Yeah. It's like indestructible death angels or something like that. But I mean, I it, I don't know if you can just call it that. I mean, it's effective enough in the thing to call it just the thing because you don't know what it mm-hmm. is. But like just, creatures, critters, monsters, whatever. Yeah. But yeah. 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 Simple um, is sometimes just better. Yes. Um, so she does flip on the lights and we see her as she struggles to keep her composure. Uh, and she's trying to keep her breathing as quiet as she possibly can, but obviously she's in labor. Uh, and she's looking for something. Yep. She grabs that egg timer and, uh, you know, right away, okay, you're going to use this as a distraction. Um, and we cut to Marcus and Lee cresting the hill uh, that leads to the farm, and they see all the warning lights lit up, and you see that reflection of the red on uh, his face, and yeah, they bolt to the farm. Um, Did we mention the creature she sees at the top of the stairs before she uh, looks for the timer? Or is that later? I think that's a little bit later. Um, okay. Yeah, I think she's a about to head upstairs yes yeah she's about to head upstairs sees it um but instead she goes and hides behind the water heater uh you know on the other side of the basement from the egg timer uh and it starts descending the stairs and you know it hears the clicking of the timer so it goes to investigate a little bit and when that goes off if flips the fuck out and starts, you know, bashing everything, you know, like these critters do. And she takes that moment to run up the stairs. Of course, she's trying to leave through the front door, but she sees another one walk through the, uh, the front yard. So instead, I I guess we're going to do the horror movie trope of going up the stairs. Um, and it's set up earlier that like, there's three of these things in the area. Because he has it on the whiteboard, confirmed three. Yeah. And they only really deal with two for the most part throughout this final, you know, bit of the film. But we don't uh, see the third one until the ending. Yeah. Yeah, Um, We know it's there at least. Yes. Yes. Uh, And it's always in the back of your mind, too, because they (laughs) they very clearly focus on that three confirmed thing on the whiteboard. Um. So Lee sends his son on a mission to cause a distraction and the kid's freaking out about having to, you know, leave his dad or his dad leaving him rather. Uh, but he knows he's got to do this. Uh, so he sends your mom needs you right now. Yes. And this is where this great Marco Beltrami score really starts kicking in. Mm -hmm. It's, uh, you you got all the really heavy, fast strings in this and it's really good. Uh, Mm -hmm. But uh, let's see here. Uh, Now we see that Evelyn has made it to the bathroom and she's going to climb into the bathtub because uh, it's baby time. Um, And fuck, where else do you go? Um, And the the critter starts ascending the stairs and she is clearly going through some stuff because there is a lot of blood in this tub all of a sudden. 
Mm-hmm. And um, you just see its hand like gripping the wall, just clawing at it, like climbing up. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It looks and very she's... crustacean. Yeah, yeah, it kind of does, doesn't it? Um, yeah. very so she, underneath. she's about yeah. to lose it because you know she's at the point where she is going to need to push, and mm-hmm. that's going to be an immense amount of pain she's going to have to work through. And it just so happens that right at this moment, uh, we we get uh, Marcus finally able to get the lighter to work, and he's able to set off these fireworks. And right as they start to pop and the creature roars, Evelyn lets out her own scream as she has to push. And, oh, wow, it's kind of perfect timing. And, of course, it's, you know, all in service of making this plot work and everything. Mm-hmm. But... But it works, and oh, God, just yeah. So Lee makes it back. It's intense. It is, yeah. Um, Lee has made it back to the barn at this point, where he grabs his shoddy, and uh, you know he takes off in search of well anyone. Um, And then Reagan, who is hanging out in the dark at Bo's memorial like a total weirdo, uh, she finally looks up and sees the fireworks going off, and she realizes, oh shit stuff's going down nobody's supposed to you know these are supposed to be in case of emergency you know i was supposed to be there because yes. like he lee clearly said before he left like hey you need you to look after your mother mom. yep absolutely so she knows oh shit stuff's going down i gotta get back so she takes she's off in a sprint and she's probably it's probably all part of her grieving too just probably just thinking about her brother and just mm-hmm. trying to like yeah, because I don't know if she really she was, was doing. running away necessarily, but just you know. thinking about him, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, so she takes off running back home and uh Lee makes it to the house and he sees the bloody footprints. So thank God for the nail, because that's what tells him that, you know, she's upstairs and he goes to the bathroom. And he finds this bathtub that looks like somebody slaughtered a cow in it. Mm-hmm. Um, and at that moment, he's like expecting the worst. You know, they got her. Right. So yeah. he just kind of collapses to the ground. And again, like you said, his wonderful emoting in this film where you can barely speak. And that's where we get the awesome jump scare of the hand on the shower stall. And surprise, she's alive. And so is the baby. I remember that one getting me so bad in, in theaters. Yeah. I was just like, oh, my gosh. Yep. Yep. Um, let's see. Yes. Uh, so we just get the revelation that she's alive. And then we come back to Marcus. He's making his way back, but he's being stalked by one of the critters. You know, he can hear it. So he just takes off running through the cornfield and he can hear it behind him. And probably lucky for him, he knocks himself out by running into a tractor. Uh, you mm-hmm. see the giant tire in front of him. That's probably what that was. Um, Good old Case and, IH. Yeah. These yeah. smart man. No John Deere in this family. <laughs> My dad doesn't sell John Deere, so he sells the Case IH. Only reason I bring it up. No, no, I, I'm familiar. <laughs> that's funny. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, it's probably very lucky that he knocked himself out. So he wasn't able to make yeah. any more sound and the, the creature would lose him. Mm-hmm. Um, and he but, makes a clear path through that corn too. So it makes it easy for Lee to find him later. Yes. Yes. Um, 
so from here, let's see here. Yes, Lee is carrying his wife and child back to the barn. And the baby starts crying. Oh, God. So, yep, he starts moving a little bit faster. Uh, and he is able to just barely get into their little hovel and get the mattress over the top as we see the creature coming into the door frame. Um, <laughs> and just, yeah, they you can hear them wrecking shop above. They're tearing this place apart. Uh, my... I, I wonder just how that mattress is secured to the floor in such a way that it doesn't get thrown off or anything. But um, I don't know. Maybe I they have a rope how. and pulley system or something. I, I don't, I don't know. know. I mean, Maybe he, it's it looked just... like he was struggling to pull it over, you know, but. I, well, I think I with that kind of leverage, a mattress would be kind of difficult to you know, yeah. kind of pull. And it looks way. like he is struggling, so it makes sense. But well, you know, also maybe have like your wife perfect and... enough size. Yeah. yeah, you also have your wife and newborn in the other arm, and you're probably trying not to drop the baby because um, she's probably a little out of it at this point. But yeah, they managed to save themselves, and you hear all the carnage happening upstairs, and he, he puts the baby in the box with the oxygen mask because it's still going nuts, and he just hopes for the best. And then we cut back to Reagan, and unbeknownst to Reagan, but no one's to us, uh there's a creature stalking her footsteps and they have their the, really the first big clash with the hearing aid um, mm -hmm. because it's proximity we've seen in other scenes uh, when these things get close to electronics, the electronics start freaking out a little and yeah, the, the feedback loop that it somehow creates with this hearing aid, uh, the creature finds it very disturbing. And yeah, it's it obviously it very off. painful uh, with that cochlear implant mm -hmm. for uh, Reagan because uh, the look on her face is, oh, my God, it's like an ice pick in my brain. Mm -hmm. um, oof. Uh, but it, it essentially saves her. And I think this is where um, she turns it off, I think, for the first time. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and then we get this Wick flash from a year ago and Bo's death and Evelyn snaps awake. So obviously she was dreaming about this. I think we're meant to believe. Uh, mm -hmm. And she snaps awake with a bit of a gasp and Lee actually speaks to her and says, no, no, we're good. We're good. It all worked. Everything's fine. We're good. Um, and, you know, obviously she's a little concerned about that, but for good reason. But the soundproofing worked. And she makes Lee promise to find Reagan and Marcus. And then going back to that wonderful, heartbreaking nature of this film, she starts to recount through just massive tears here how she couldn't carry Bo that day because, you know, he was small, but he was just so heavy. And she had all these bags and shit from the, the pharmacy and, and she just couldn't carry him. And that's where, like you said, Lee tells her to stop. Mm -hmm. It just you, just you, can't, you can't do this. It's mm -hmm. this. He knows exactly not... the path she's yes. going down, and thought, and he's just like, no, just just stop. That's not, no, just don't let yourself do that. Yep. It's at the end of the day, this was an accident. It was mm -hmm. not anyone's fault. He was a kid. Of course, he was yeah. going to want to play with the toy. He's freaking yeah. four. But um, yeah, this this conversation is. It's a lot. <laughs> mm -hmm. 
So I'm very much looking forward to the video that you sent me. Uh, basically, a therapist working his way through this movie. Um, mm -hmm. I'm very interested to uh, hear some of those thoughts. Um, Cinema therapy for those that are curious about it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I should uh, I should put a link to that in the uh, the description of this video because it sounds super interesting, and mm -hmm. I would love for other people to be able to see this. Uh, so. Reagan and Marcus, uh, they find each other um, with a great little jump scare where she finds the flashlight, and then when she goes to reach for it, he grabs her arm. Uh, and they hug, and then we cut back to Lee uh, leaving the uh, basement of the barn, and he finds that the main floor is completely trashed. But us, the audience, we hear the sound of water and see that they wrecked a bunch of pipes. Mm -hmm. And uh oh. It's going to flood that basement. Yep, absolutely. I'm sure that's um, not what his priority was at the moment, was thinking, like, no, oh, no, they cut the water. But. He probably didn't even hear it because he's going mm -hmm. for those kids. Yeah. Um, so he's focused. Yes, yes, he is. Uh, so the kids, uh, they're on top of the silo. Uh, they're trying to light the signal fire, but, you know, they didn't actually bring anything to burn. Basically, they're just using the lighter fluid. And mm -hmm. that does not last. Um, and then Lee has already made it to the uh, workshop in the basement of the house. And he's scanning all the video monitors for the kids. Uh, and then we cut back to the basement of the barn where it is indeed sound starting to flood. And unfortunately uh, for Evelyn, uh, the sound of all the water has attracted one of the creatures. And it is in their with her. and, and it's slowly thing. making its way into the water and it submerges mm -hmm. and it's terrifying yes it's uh yes in retrospect had i seen um i don't know Jaws? which came out first crawl or oh, crawl. this movie yeah the uh the game uh this yeah. came out first crawl this was did? 2019 yeah okay 2018. okay yep um yeah so there's no terrifying. way i would have yeah, oh, I, I saw it for the very first time about a month or two ago, and uh, ooh, I was sad that I had missed that. Um, but uh, yeah, similar type of thing, and the baby is in the soundproof box floating on top of the water, and mm -hmm. as soon as she is able to pick the kid up, that's when the thing rises up out of the water in front of her. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah. Um, she slowly backs away behind this wall of running water that just mm -hmm. very convenient for her because otherwise she'd be toast. Um, mm -hmm. And then we find uh, Lee uh, back in the cornfield. He finds uh, the kids backpacks and then we cut back to Marcus and Reagan. They're on top of the silo and they're kind of arguing about, you know, should they stay put? Should they go try to find their parents? And Marcus, he wants to stay put because dad'll find us. And Reagan's like, no, he'll come for you because mm -hmm. she's still again upset with him. Yeah. Yeah. And it's at the end of the day, it's maybe more of like a 60, 40 rift between them. And that yeah. it's a little bit more on her part than his. Does he push yeah. her away? Absolutely. But, um, but yeah, she's the one that believes that he doesn't love her. Um, mm -hmm. 
And as they're arguing, uh, Marcus drops through this hatch and into the corn. And the sound of all of this draws the creature back out of the barn to go see what's going on with this. Uh, I'm a little surprised that it was loud enough that it could hear it beyond all that you know, running water, but, mm-hmm. but yeah. that metal must have been relatively loud. And as Marcus is struggling in the corn, because, of course, you know, if you move around a lot and something like that, mm-hmm. you're going to sink in it. Uh, one yep. of the doors of the hatch falls off and nearly and it, hits him. And it makes it go faster for him to sink. Yep. But Reagan uh, doesn't hear it. She's just like... Because her hearing aid's off, it's not working, uh-huh. you know, and she just turns and all of a sudden he's not there. And she looks and then she sees him. She's like, and don't she... move! <laughs> yeah. I think yep. she jumps in, like, right away, too, doesn't yeah. she? Yeah, she does. Uh, shortly after the door falls in, she dives in and she pushes the door over to him. So, you know, you could distribute the weight over a bunch of the corn and not sink. Mm-hmm. And unfortunately, pushing it away causes her to sink. Um, <laughs> so Lee, at this point, um, he sees one of the creatures racing through that corn towards the silo. Uh, actually, that happened just before she jumps in. But uh, so he's standing Marcus, on the tractor for a good view. Yeah, of so he can get a vantage point. Yep. Uh, so Marcus is able to, uh, you know, pull Reagan back out. Uh, probably, you know, tearing his rotator cuff in the process. And mm-hmm. um, just as they both uh, managed to get a little bit more safe, that's when the creature dives in there and they use the door as a bit of a defense. Um, but it is slashing away at this thing. And that's when the hearing aid freaks out again. So she must not have had it off. Um, it's just that it really doesn't work as intended. Yeah. Um, but it makes the creature freak out and it basically blasts its way through the side of the silo, which is very lucky because that's how they are able to get out. Um, and yeah, they just, yeah. yeah. And, uh, Oh, thank God that corn wasn't at a level where, uh, they were up high enough that they would break a limb jumping out of there. But, uh, mm-hmm. that was my first thought when I saw them hopping out, like, Oh God, somebody's going to roll an ankle or something. Um, yeah, it looks like it's like halfway full ish, probably. So, yeah, and maybe yeah. some corn poured out of the hole, too. I don't know. Uh, it was a pretty big hole. Um, mm-hmm. So they reunite with their father back on the path and they uh, hear one of the creatures in the distance and he tells them, get to the truck. And as he's following behind. there's this little shed uh, and he goes to grab this axe and he's making just enough noise that this creature that's on top of the shed hears him and he realizes that this is happening just as it's taking a swipe at him he takes a swipe at it but ooh it gets him really good in the gut Mm mm-hmm and Marcus hangs out of the truck and screams for his dad, uh, drawing the creature's attention. And meanwhile, Evelyn's back at the house in the workshop, watching all of this happen on the security monitors. Mm-hmm. Just Reagan's absolutely underneath the truck. Yeah, yep, absolutely helpless to do anything but watch in horror. 
Uh, there's a lot of that that happens in this film and it's used okay. very effectively. Um, so yeah, they're in the truck trying to hunker down. So, and trying to be quiet, but, uh, the hearing aid starts going berserk again and she turns it off this time. And That's we get the, you know, the great dead silence, but then Marcus's reaction as he sees the thing charging at Reagan's window and the sound cuts back in when the glass shatters and yeah, it's, um, God, just shout out to Krasinski and not only just like all the, the, the wonderful building of tension throughout this film and very competent direction where that is concerned, but just yeah. the, the, the incredibly competent action scenes and how they play out for somebody that's basically done like a couple of indie films before this. Mm hmm. I mean, some great blocking and all that stuff too. Because mm -hmm. like earlier, when we see him entering the bathroom looking for his wife and the baby, like you can just barely see in the shadow there's something in there, but we still don't know what it is until he mm -hmm. finally sinks down and then she puts her hand on the glass and yep. just like just various little things like that. Yep. And as this creature is wailing away at the truck. We cut back to Marcus, his hand reaching out to grab the axe. And we, we get the, the slower part of the score here at this point. And he slowly helps himself up to a standing position with the axe. And then standing there, he lets it go so that it will make a sound. And he signs to Reagan, who's watching him through all of this. You know, I love you. I have always loved you. And, and then he screams. If you don't get a little misty at that mm -hmm. point. Come on, there's something wrong with you. Like and the yes. first one, it's like we get it, but then like the always love you is is the part where it starts to flow the tears. Yeah. Yes, because it's the call back to the conversation with Marcus at the waterfall, and you know everything that we've been experiencing with these characters along the way, um, mm -hmm. and he lets out that just horrible heartbreaking. I am about to die. I am doing this for my family scream. And as the it creature clearly hurts too. Yeah. yeah I, I would imagine that uh, he, he was probably a little raw for a couple of days afterwards. Mm -hmm. um, ugh, unless that was just really punched up with a lot of ADR or something like that. I don't know. Yeah. But, um, but ultimately, right. yes, as he is being torn to pieces, Marcus, uh, you know, let's lose the parking brake and the truck rolls down the hill to the house because that was always the plan. Uh, and you see it earlier in the film when he's messing around inside the truck, like he's going mm -hmm. through the motions of like what he needs to do in a situation exactly like this. Yep, Pop that fucker into neutral and just let gravity do the work. And... And he does. And uh, Evelyn meets them just outside the house and they hear the roar of a creature as they all hug. And they're like, OK, I guess we're getting back inside now. So they head down to the basement and. Um, uh, Reagan sees all the work he's been putting into getting. Yeah, her stuff right. yeah. Um, and we see um, that also, like um, you know, they they Evelyn does motion for them. Oh, hey, watch out for the nail. Uh, as they're going down mm -hmm. the stairs. Um, and yes, uh, she's given the baby to Marcus and tucking him behind the water heater where she hid before. 
And that's, yes, as Reagan is taking in all of her father's work. And then that's where it gets even more heartbreaking, where she notices mm-hmm. the giant mountain of hearing aids and mm-hmm. realizes that all this time that he's spent away from her, that spent you know, for her. Yes. Yes. And every time it doesn't work, he's been back to the drawing board and just, you know, reading medical texts and researching and all this stuff. Yeah. And it's like clear that like, I don't know if it's as clear to you, but like he is very much a farm person. Like he was a farmer, like before all this went down. And so like, it's not his thing to be working through the electronics and through the implant and all of this like circuiting and soldering and all this other kind of stuff. Like he's figuring out as he's going, trying to get to work. Yep. Um, and then let's see. Um, it comes down and yeah, yeah. Basically, uh, she's realizing all of this and, when it really hits her, she has to sit down and mm-hmm. that's where Evelyn comes up. And, uh, and I, I assume that the sign that she gives her, because there are no subtitles in this part just means mm-hmm. I know as you know, the, as they're crying together and it's on her face too. It's just yeah. like how much heartbreaking it is. And Evelyn's just like, I know. Yeah, that's yeah. it. Just yeah, it tugs, it tugs. Mm-hmm. Um, and this is where we hear the creature descending the stairs, and we see behind Reagan as it starts to come down. And Evelyn never takes that shoddy off of it from this moment on. Mm-hmm. She's just trained on that thing, and as the critter is entering the space it's starting to affect all the monitors and the lights and everything and as the monitors start to make noise uh it attacks, it attacks it. them and then when that stops it continues to stalk stalk the family and this is where reagan is finally starting to put two and two together and realizing that the feedback from the hearing aid and everything uh is causing the creature a shit ton of pain so let's amp it up and she uses that ham radio to create an even more intense feedback loop. And it essentially knocks the creature out. Mm-hmm. Um, and as she and her mother are kind of recovering from this bit and kind of in awe of how it all happened, uh, it gets back up. But it's caused the armor plating that's around its head to basically fold back. And this is where Evelyn takes her moment and blows the fucker's head off. Takes her shot. And they just, they're kind of in awe of what happened, but also I think they kind of realize the enormity of what just happened with all the noise they just created. They turn back to look at the remaining monitors and they see the other two creatures just sprinting across these fields. And... You know, um, Reagan, she she ultimately just cranks up the radio there at that point because she's ready to do her part. Looks back at her mother who racks the shotgun. And we go and right credits. to credits. Yeah. I was it's, ready to go back to another. I was ready to go to part two, like right after. And I was like, no, I don't mm-hmm. have time. Yeah. Yeah. 
Um, it's is that ending just the tiniest bit cheesy? Yeah, sure. But it's also a great fuck yeah get hype moment, mm-hmm. uh, and I'm totally okay with that. Yeah, uh, yeah, and just credits with again the really awesome bits of the score. Uh, mm-hmm. It's it's a good one. Yeah, yeah. Um, just... so... Good. No, go ahead. I'm sorry. Uh, I was just just thinking about like how how well made like everything is and like the creature design like it's it kind of reminds me of the demogorgon but if it worked on echolocation you know yeah like yeah that makes it kind of has like the plates just kind of like moving around on its face like to make Mm -hmm. just enough noise that it can locate stuff and then like it's very crustacean but like when it like moves its elbow like you see just a little bit of flesh on it mm-hmm. and it just like it's very like fleshy but it's all but, like it's also like you know got all that's plating on it but like there's still like very little spots of like fleshiness to it that it's just a little unsettling enough that's really nasty but yeah. very well designed oh yeah um yeah just the um audio design in general in this film fantastic mm-hmm. um Shame it lost out to Bohemian Rhapsody, but I mean, that 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 concert at the end kind of saved that movie. So yeah, yeah, that that's totally worth it for that bit at the end. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um. So we had briefly, briefly talked about this um, uh, YouTube video that you had sent me, uh, mm-hmm. just about. Well. It, yeah, uh, the, the feelings and uh, everything that's going on in this film um, without spoiling too much of it. Is there uh, you know, any more that you'd like to impart from that? A lot of what they said in the video, I kind of touched on just a little bit here and there, but I'm not a licensed therapist. And the whole video is like there's a family and like life therapist and his friend who is a filmmaker. And they talk about how the various bits of it and like they're kind of therapizing the movie sort of and then also talking about the craft of it so i highly recommend you check out their channel because they also have done videos on like the invisible man the thing um they've done various other movies but yeah they they're really good cool well like i said i'll drop a link to that in the description just so that other people uh have an easy way of checking it out um any final thoughts on a quiet place uh great movie great sequel highly check it out highly recommend you check it out yeah absolutely uh andrew uh this has been a ton of fun if you'd like where can people find you uh you can find me on twitter and instagram at two feist two furious uh don't really say much opinions because twitter has everything else covered for me yeah, yeah, kind of has a way, right? Yeah. Um, well, yeah, thanks for coming on, man. Uh, it was a ton of yeah. fun. Uh, Glad to have you. Thanks for having yeah. me. Yeah. Um, but this has been Murders with Mertens, a horror film podcast. Thank you for letting us tickle your ear holes. Uh, please like, share, and subscribe if you are so inclined. I'll be back soon enough with another episode. But until next time, stay spoopy, everyone. <laughs>